This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online, and it is week five of the cheap, not-so-good, meh beer. Five weeks ago, my boss walked in proudly, bringing me a 12-pack of beer. He had done this over the past few years that I've worked in the office. Periodically, he'd come in with a 12-pack of beer, and up until that time five weeks ago he would bring me the beer I like Summit Extra Pale Ale no they are not a sponsor (laughs) but that's the beer that I've kind of uh, come to as my quote unquote everyday beer except I don't drink beer every day well he brought in for whatever reason a 12 pack of Rolling Rock which is a Pilsner and I'm not really fond of Pilsners And, you know, I mean, you might like Rolling Rock. You might think it's the bee's knees. But I I don't care for it. Well, I I promise I'm not going to recap this story every week. But I figured, like I said, I've got, it's week five. I've got three of them. Three bottles left. And... I took today off. I record these shows on Fridays. And it gets put on Talk Radio at 11 p.m. Central. And where I can chat with you guys in the chat room. If you want to come by and go to you know, ztalkradio.com and click on the listen and chat option. And you can go into the chat room. I'll be there at 11 o'clock on Saturday nights. We can listen to the show together. We can chat. And a few people show up each week and that's really cool sometimes it's maybe just one other person and myself but still it's still cool so if you want to do that you can and as I said I record these things on Fridays and this particular Friday I took the day off because my wife and I have are trying to organize our house kind of stuff and uh, and um, she said can you take a day off work Hayden's off of school for the week can you take a day off and maybe we can do this thing together and we can help out and you know I could help her out and whatever so we did a bit today uh, I turned my ankle and it hurts but I've been having a sore ankle for a couple weeks now and I don't know what's going on there so I might have to go to the doctor but again that's a side story I don't need to get into that sorry but yesterday Thursday at the end of the day my boss walked in he knows I'm taking the day off and he thought he'd do something nice for me for a day off and he you know he does tell me look I know you're putting in you're going over and above and I'm trying I you know I want to you know show that I appreciate it and he walks in and he's got another 12 pack of rolling rock <laughs> see now when he brought it in the first time I was very gracious I you know I understood you know I was grateful I I showed my appreciation I said thank you even though it wasn't the beer I would have chosen, and I was thinking to myself, why did you stop getting what you would you normally get me? Why? I don't understand. But I thought, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy that says, you know, I don't really like that beer. I, I just I accept the gift. It's it was it's okay. I mean, I've been drinking it, and it's, you know, once you get about a couple few sips into it, it's, eh, it's not that bad. It's uh, okay. You know, I was I was dealing with it. 
And I didn't want to be the guy that says, no, that's not, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, try to be an adult about it. But then he walks in with another, <laughs> another 12-pack. And I looked at him and I said, and I had to be that guy at that point. I said, I said, Kevin, I really do appreciate it. I do. But Rolling Rock is just, I, I really don't care for that beer. <laughs> oh, you don't? And I said, no, you used to, you used to get me some at, you know, and he's, I did? <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that one better. I, I like that beer. And he's, oh, um, and you know what he did? He said, he said, well, sit tight. And he gets back in his car and he drives down to the liquor store, which is just down a block or so from where, from where the office is. And he exchanged it and he came back in with a 12-pack of Summit Extra Pale Ale. And I, I told him, I said, like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's not appreciative. I really do appreciate, you know, the gesture and and all that, but I I just couldn't go through another month and a half of dealing with that beer. Um, so now I still have the three sitting there, but tonight, as I do the show, I have a Summit Extra Pale Ale. You'll excuse me while I <clears throat> enjoy a, a sip here. Now that's pretty good. That is what I like. Uh, it's also, coincidentally, uh, it's April 7th that I'm recording the show. This will be on April 8th is when it's going to go on Z Talk, and then it'll go up onto iTunes as soon as it's done airing. Actually, this weekend it might not go up until Sunday. Sometime on, on Sunday I'll put it up. Because something's going on Saturday. There's a party I'm going to. So I'm... We'll see how this works out. <laughs> we'll see how it works out with the party thing. But uh, anyway, the place I'm going, uh, the guy says, I do have internet here. So if you need to get it set up here... See, the thing I need to do on Saturday nights, other than hang out in the chat room, is to make sure that my show plays at the time it's supposed to play. So... You know, I just have to hit a button at the right time, and my show plays. That's all I gotta do. If for some reason, the auto-playing DJ thing doesn't seem to want to do that on its own. Needs me to come in and hit a button. Well, April seventh happens to be the anniversary. Uh, well, it's it's not. Um, it's it's declared National Beer Day in the United States because it is the anniversary of the the day in 1933 when President. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed uh, into law a provision that made an exception to the Prohibition Amendment that people could, you know, Americans, adults, who could decide for themselves to buy beer, uh, 3.2 beer, 3.2% alcohol, I think that's what it means. 3-2 beer, which is a lower amount of alcohol in the beer, and you know it's a little safe. It's you know a little safer. You know you, you have to drink a bit more of it to get the same drunk <laughs> that you might from a regular beer. Uh, so that was that was part of the. It was 1933. By that point, the prohibition law was beginning to unravel, and by the end of that year, uh, it was done away. So the, the experiment that lasted, I don't know, something like 10, 11 years, this experiment of uh, forcing people to not drink alcohol, uh, forcing adults to not be able to make the decision for themselves on how they're going to conduct their lives uh, and whether, they, whether or not uh, they're going to consume alcohol, uh, came to an end. And so that's, it's, and it's kind of good that the United States went through that time period long before I was born, so I wouldn't have to deal with it. Uh, it is, is an example of saying, see, this is what happens when you try to ban something that people want. This is what happens. You, know, you get The prohibition brought about some unintended consequences. People did drink less. There were people that obeyed the law and they didn't drink, but, for, you know, but the, one of the main things that it did was it, uh, it uh, um, brought uh, organized crime to more to the forefront, where you know these people want alcohol, and the, you know our organized crime was willing to fill that that uh, that that want. 
So, uh, an interesting documentary to watch is Ken Burns did one called Ken Burns Prohibition. It's streaming on Netflix. I just watched it just recently, actually. Uh, it's really good. I think it's, I don't know how many episodes, four or five episodes, something like that. And uh, it's, it's it goes through the kind of, you know, the conditions that were in this country at the time that you know, Prohibition was being uh, demanded. And, um, and it's interesting that... It was a woman's movement, essentially, um, against alcohol. It was. It was not that men didn't participate in the movement to to uh, to ban alcohol in in, the, in you know, consumption in the United States, but it largely was a woman's movement. And as the documentary points out, after the ten or eleven years or whatever it was, a growing women's movement came out to say, you know, it's time that uh, we act like adults here. <laughs> and say, you know, you can, you're an adult. You can decide how to live your life. We can't be legis legislating morality. It's interesting how women came to the forefront to fight against the prohibition law. So, um, so today, April 7th, as I record this show, is, is National Beer Day, and I have my... Summit Extra Pale Ale, and I think I'll take another sip. Well, uh, <laughs> that was something, though, when he walked in with another 12-pack of Rolling Rock. I was going to... <laughs> um, a bit of sad news for uh, the extended family. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how th this person is related to me, other than to say, put it this way. He's my brother-in-law's brother-in-law, who's not me. Uh, he's, his name is Ed. Uh, he's married to the sister of my brother-in-law's wife. Uh, my wife's brother's wife's sister's husband. See how that works. So, um, it, well, Ed, uh, about 14 years ago, when he was 30, was first diagnosed with cancer. I'm not sure exactly what kind of cancer it was. And over the next 14 years, he battled it, um, improving, uh, going into remission for a time, coming back, battling it again. Um, and, well, it came back. And um, this morning, he succumbed to the disease. Uh, he was 44. It's way too young. I know it's it's kind of this a cliche kind of thing that happens when somebody dies, especially when they die young, that the people who talk about them, it's always, you know, it's always in glowing terms. It's always the positive things about the person. And I guess that's understandable. Uh, we don't choose to, you know, look at you know, everybody's human, you know, but at that point we're not saying, well, yeah, he was an asshole. And why did... Well, Ed wasn't, as far as I knew, and I didn't know him very well. Uh, I only saw him pretty much on, on Thanksgivings. Uh, we'd go over to my brother-in-law's, and um, he and his wife would have, you know, Amy and Hayden and I over, and uh, and Ed and Dawn, that was Ed's wife, uh, had them over, or we'd go over to... Um, my brother-in-law's mother-in-law's house. We go over there and have Thanksgiving meals, and uh, that's when I would see Ed. And Ed was from Detroit, and he was a fan of Detroit teams. Uh, I think more. I think the. I think his most uh, favored of the Detroit teams was the Red Wings, the hockey team. But uh, he enjoyed football and baseball, and uh, and the last time we saw him uh, for uh, a Thanksgiving. Uh, gathering, the uh, Minnesota Vikings were playing the Detroit Lions because the Detroit and Dallas. There's always a traditional game in Detroit and one in Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, and that ha that day it was uh, the Vikings that were playing in Detroit, and Detroit won, <laughs> and and Ed was happy about that, <laughs> but he wasn't a gloating kind of guy. But he would play with you. He liked Star Trek. He liked Star Wars. He liked science fiction in general. So. Just and he, I liked him right away. He was a nice guy. Um, 
easy to talk to, just uh, you know, just you know, treated his wife well, and and he cooked. He would make some some part of the meal um, for the for the celebration of Thanksgiving, and he he uh, last time I saw him, uh, we uh, Amy and I and Hayden we went to a benefit that was held for him a couple of weeks ago, two Saturdays ago, and uh, uh, where they were raising money to help pay for expenses and help out. And I, I do feel uh, very um, sad for his wife, who has to now move on with her life without him. And uh, it's very sad. Um, so he's, you know, just gone too young. So kind of a kind of a bummer, bummer day. Uh, when I last saw him, he was, you know, cancer was had really taken a lot out of him. He was uh, very weak and thin. Skin was a little yellowish. Um, and he he came to the benefit for, he was there for about two and a half hours, which surprised several people that he lasted as long as he did because he was very weak. Uh, I sat and talked with him about uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and uh, he liked it and he, you know, he got to see it and uh, we talked about that. And, um, and uh, it's just, it's very sad. So, hug your loved ones <laughs> and realize our time here is short and for some, it's just a little too short. There was something that happened on the, on the Facebook. Let's see, what time is it? When is my next break? Well, it's coming up. You know, in fact, before I even get to that, why don't I head to that uh, right now? Have I got all the times right? Yes. I'm going to head to the break right now, a little bit early, but why not? Because it's kind of a bummer, um, you know. And so uh, that's what I'm going to do. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'm going to head us to break right now. Beats all of the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts, so we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided the vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the facts about vaccines so you can make the best healthcare decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and vaccinateyourbaby.org. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? <laughs> We're scaring up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Okay, uh, the internet this week has been, well, you know, Facebook has been kind of a drag 
for a while. Uh, when, you know, since, oh, I don't know, since uh, last November, after the first Tuesday of last November. What's the second Tuesday? I don't know. After uh, November 8th, wasn't it? It, it's been it's been getting kind of a drag because so many of my Facebook friends are just really really uh, worried about our current occupant of the White House. Now <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into a lot of stuff about that. Uh, there was some nasty, terrible stuff done in in Syria, uh, the civil war that's going on over there, and uh, President Assad, chemical weapons dropped on his own people, and. Um, and uh, Trump retaliated for that by uh, sending off uh, 50 missiles or so at some airfield, which apparently is seemed like it was a kind of a waste because the airfield is back up, back up and running, as far as I know. But um, you know, everybody's oh, I'm starting World War III and all this kind of stuff. You know, just relax, everybody. Just relax. I mean, I don't know, but I thought it was interesting though that uh, about four hours or so. Before uh, Trump launched the missiles, or authorized the launching of the missiles at uh, at that airfield in Syria, uh, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, uh, former Secretary of State, uh, uh, the woman who uh, won the popular vote in the election for president, but uh, because of the way the system is set up, uh, gerrymandering and such, uh, Trump won. In the important spots to get the electoral votes, and uh, you know, so he's president. Uh, she gave her first, I guess, public interview with I think it was NBC. And uh, in that interview, she said that uh, she has supported. She said that we should and still should uh, be uh, uh, using military action to take out, uh, you know, missiles, bombs, whatever, to take out airfields in Syria in order to prevent the kind of tra uh, just uh, abomination that took place dropping using chemicals uh, on uh, innocent civilians and you know it's kinda weird you watch the all these Facebook people are just oh Trump Trump Trump's oh terrible 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 and then you know and they were you know by and large most of them had voted for Hillary or were Bernie uh, supporters but voted for Hillary, uh, and now they say, well, look what Hillary's saying. So, you know, she would have, if she were president, probably have done the same thing. And those on the side of Trump would be probably saying, <laughs> saying what is she doing? Look at her, it's a war hawk, and all, you know, it's all this kind of stuff. They'd be, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just, that's how it is. I don't know why people don't see that more readily. Why they don't notice that, that, you know, when it's their guy in office, I'm against all the stuff that, that their guy does. When it's my guy in office, I'm for all the stuff my guy does. Well, I suppose that's a little too simplified. Some people would probably have be troubled by things. I'm sure that a lot of people that were big supporters of Obama were troubled by the, the drone attacks that happened. Uh, I'm sure they were troubled by that, but it just seems, I don't know, it just seems like, you know, it, 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 it happens on both sides. The conservatives and the liberals, uh, Republicans, Democrats, they do it. It's like, you know, one's in office and and it's it's terrible that uh, there's opposition to what they want to do. And then when the when their party's in office, it's terrible. It's just, it's just back and forth. It's just the same. It's, it, it's, it really is. And, uh, and maybe there's a little nuance in there, maybe just bits of difference to it, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. To me, it just looks very much the same. So anyway, uh, I don't think we're heading for World War III, so let's everybody relax, shall we? Oh, some good news though. Hey, at Dimland Radio, look at sports. Uh, <coughs> as I record this. The baseball season has started, so you know that's good. The world has baseball happening again. America has baseball happening again. It's, it feels right. It's just, it's just really good. And last Saturday, oh no, last Sunday, Sunday, I was at the comic book store, and uh, the store manager, a friend of mine, Dave, uh, 
you know, he likes baseball and I like baseball. And we had a customer come in, another fellow named Jim. He comes in and he likes baseball. And another customer came in that Jim knew. And they're talking to the four of us all like baseball. It wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't have one person saying, oh, baseball. Oh, I like baseball. Baseball's boring. Baseball's not. Didn't have one of them. We had four grown men saying, isn't it great that baseball's back? Isn't that great? It's just, you know, and we all agreed, yes, it's great. It's great it's back. How the Twins going to do this year? We don't know. I Hopefully they do better than they did last season. I, I doubt they'll do worse. But uh, anyway, so as I record this, Friday, April 7th, the Minnesota Twins are undefeated. They've played four games, and they've won all four. They swept the Kansas City Royals in the home opening series, that right here at the Target Field over there in Minneapolis, over that way, and and then they 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 went to Chicago then. Well, the next series, first game was tonight. They won that game, four and zero. Oh. You know what the hated Yankees are at this point? One and three, huh? Huh? That's pretty good. So I've predicted that the Twins are going to go undefeated. That's right. So they've got only 158 games left to win, and they'll be undefeated. Okay. I think I'm being a little over-optimistic. They'll, they, they, I, you know, it is the Twins, and they've had, you know, they, they, they're, we'll see how it goes. But right now, they're playing some good baseball. Uh, their center fielder Brian Buxton's not hitting very well at all. But uh, hopefully he'll get things figured out. But uh, otherwise, the rest of the team is picking up and get some good pitching. Um, they're, it's, it's surprising. So, so, yay. Baseball's back, and the Twins are actually winning. Hard to believe. <sighs> I'm sure they'll start losing. They'll lose their share of games. I don't really believe they'll go undefeated. That's, that's, that's virtually impossible. I'm not sure what the best record ever was in a season. I can look it up, I suppose. Okay, on the internets, also on the internets, was a um, was the somebody I I have a uh, a Facebook friend that apparently is uh, a little a little religious, which is fine. That's absolutely fine. Just because I'm an atheist. Doesn't mean I can't have friends who are religious. That's fine. And I don't try to talk them out of it. I don't, you know, just, I, you know, it's, it's whatever they want to do. It's, it's their life. It's their choice. It's what they believe. And I'm not going to talk them out of it. I just try to be a decent person. And for, you know, and to just be honest and try to be moral and, and decent and ethical and all these things and good and reliable and friendly and all these good things so that when somebody finds out that I'm an atheist, they might say, but you're so nice. <laughs> or, you know, you're so honest. Well, well yeah. because I don't believe there's some reward after this. And I don't believe there's any kind of punishment after this. Um, and I don't need I don't need, need there to be uh, that threat of a punishment to keep me from doing bad things. I just don't do bad things because I I don't, and I I wouldn't want bad things to be done to me, so I don't do them to others. You know that golden rule thing. You don't need God for that, but okay, whatever. So the guy's on there, and he's. He's a, I think he's a little iffy about evolution. I think he, he's a little iffy because he, he put up some statement that's the, you know, show me one study, you know, this kind of thing. Well, we want one study that shows whatever. And he's asking for that one study that, that conclusively proves that uh, evolution happens. And it's like, that's not how science works for one thing. You know, this one study it's lots and lots of studies, lots and lots of evidence. There's all kinds of evidence out there. It's just, it's, it's all, there's mountains of evidence, almost literally mountains of evidence. There's fossils within mountains, and here it is. I mean, we've got a fossil record. We've got thousands of transitional fossils that shows one species kind of working its way into becoming another species. You know, this, we, we have those. We have thousands of them. We, we've, got the, we've got DNA that shows how we're connected to other species. We've got all this kind of stuff. 
It's, 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 and, and, and the more evidence we get, the more things that are found, so far none of them have said that natural selection and evolution isn't happening. It's just refining what we know. It's we might you know the science scientists the biologists and such the, the evolutionary biologists the, the guys that are men and women that are figuring this stuff out uh, they might have thought you know the uh, the the human tr branch of the shrub of life uh, you know may have uh, we've branched off at this point from uh, from a common ancestor with this other species but then we find something that says no 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 actually the branching the branch off point was a little further on or you know back or we have to change some timelines a little bit but essentially it's it's nothing is refuting that evolution happened and that natural selection was the driving engine of it now here's how it works there's mutations that take place in each generation of a species. You, know, you have a baby and the baby's makeup has some mutations in it and a baby of any kind of animal has some mutations in it and some of those mutations are going to be beneficial. Some might be bad. Most of them really don't do anything. The beneficial ones might help them you know if, if, if it's a giraffe uh, or an animal that's that the species that might someday you know might be on the line of becoming a giraffe you know has a slightly longer neck and that helps them get to those leaves in that higher part of the tree and that beneficial gene gets passed along to the next generation because having that beneficial gene makes it uh, uh, a, a better chance for reproduction because there's better survival possibilities so you know, so that that animals around longer to reproduce and sends that gene along and as these things begin to accumulate to over time another you know, a branch point can come where because of environment because of splitting off you know and uh, from one location to another the two species are to away from you know they started as one and they kind of branch away from each other it's not it's it's not and it's not real clearly marked branching points it's kind of messy and it's fuzzy and at some point then we realize whoa wait a minute now we've got two species here where a while back there was there was this one and you know and i'm not hopefully i'm i'm being close uh, being accurate in describing that now these random mutations that's what's random that's the part that's random and a lot of the people that don't understand evolution they talk about this is random and it's not understanding exactly what the random part is the random part of the mutations the non-random part is the selection natural selection it picks the best stuff this works. This works better. This let's this that's that that gets passed along. So after generations and generations and generations and years and years and years and years, millions of years, hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, we these accumulated beneficial mutations may change from one species to another. In fact, and I I don't mean to you know just say this to pat myself on the back, but. Uh, <clears throat> Someone on Facebook shared a, uh, a little bit of a video, and it starts off with a kind of a, I think, like a celebrity big brother, I think that's what it was, and uh, they had the, uh, the D-lister celebrities on there, and it was one of the Baldwin boys, uh, Stephen Baldwin, I think, and he's saying, you know, if we came from apes, how come they're still apes? If we evolved from apes, why are there still apes? Well, you know, if I came from my parents, why do my parents still exist? Um, well, actually, that is a pretty common question for people who don't have, you know, uh, a, a, a good understanding of what evolution is. It's a very, it's a very common question, and the answer is, well, one, we are apes. <laughs> we didn't come from apes. Come from an ape-like creature. We are apes. Humans are. I hate to say that to you. You're probably not going to like that, but we are. We are part of the ape family. Um, and I, I, I paused that video at, right at that point, and I took a piece of paper like I was explaining it to Stephen Baldwin, who has no idea who I am. But I draw it out, and I wrote on one end, I wrote human, and next I put human or, or chimp slash bonobo, and then I put gorilla, and then I wrote orangutan, and I started drawing these lines. 
you know, a line going down from human and heading toward, you know, going down and heading toward the center of the page. And, and then there was a line coming down from the chimp slash bonobos, and that line heads toward the, the human, the descending human line. And where that touches, that's a common ancestor. A common ancestor between humans and chimps and bonobos. See? And then that line continues down, and another line comes over from the gorilla line. And then it hooks up with that. And where that hooks up, there's a common ancestor between gorillas, chimps, and bonobos, and humans. And then that, you know, where that line connected, another line keeps going down. And from, then a line comes down from the orangutan and hooks up there with that line coming down from the humans, chimps, bonobos, and gorillas. They all hook up together. And right there, that's a common ancestor with orangutans, gorillas, chimps, bonobos, and humans. And then that line there continues down to an, a common ancestor that's common to all of them. See, so that's, I mean, and, and the closer we are to the common ancestor, the closer, more genetically close we are in relation to each other. And I drew this thing out, and, and, you know, and I, I looked at that, and I said, see, this is, this is how it works, Stephen. This is how it works. And I showed it to the computer, but, uh, you know, of course he doesn't see it. And then I continued on with the video. And it was put together by somebody who understands evolution. And they and put this, put this up. And so that, that clip ends, that part of it ends, and it goes to none other than Richard Dawkins, a biologist, a world-famous biologist and atheist. And, uh, and he's standing in front of a board. It's set up just a little bit differently. It's got human in the middle. And on the one side, it's got chimps and bonobos separated uh, on, on one side of the humans. And on the other side of the humans, he's got gorillas and, and orangutans. And so he, he, he draws... You know, there's a line coming down from bonobos and chimps, and they come together and they connect to their common ancestor there. Then a line from there comes down and meets up with the line from humans, and it connects to that common ancestor. Then the line goes down, and see, this is one thing I wasn't sure if I had it right when I was writing down. I, I, I wasn't sure if I had gorillas and orangutans in the right positioning, but the line comes down from the humans, the, the chimps, bonobos, humans, that line comes down and connects up with the line that comes down from gorillas. And then that line goes down some more, and that hooks up with the line from orangutans. And I went, whoa, score! <laughs> and, and then after I saw it, I went, I, I think I might have seen this video before. I have a vague recollection that I saw it, and I think that little bit must have just stuck with me, and I held on to that, and I had it right there. So, you know, ten points to me for getting it right. Because I was a little, I wasn't sure about the gorillas, orangutans, if I had them positioned correctly, but I did. Because um, because chimps, bonobos, humans, and uh, uh, gorillas represent the African apes, and orangutans uh, that's a that's an Asi Asiatic ape. So you know, that's what Richard Dawkins said. But anyway, so I had this friend, this Facebook friend, who was asking for the one study, and it's like, ah, oh, please. And uh, then there was, so I didn't even get into that. I, was, I wasn't going to get into that. But he talked, he did something else. He shared one of those, a picture of a famous person, a quote next to them, and, as to mean something. And I'll tell you <laughs> what that was all about when I get back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. David Simmons. I'll return, so sit tight and listen to this break. News. 100% information. 100% guarantee. I thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. You listen when your body says, I'm tired, or I'm hungry. What if your body said something else might be wrong? Gynecologic cancers, cervical, ovarian, and uterine cancers have symptoms, so pay attention. If your body says something may be wrong, please listen. Learn the symptoms. Get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers. A message from HHS and CDC's Inside Knowledge Campaign. The competition has taken notice. Oh my God. Good luck keeping up with us. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Okay, uh, so the Facebook fellow put up uh, one of those you know, pictures of a famous person with a quote, you know, with the text of a quote next to it, put up that image, and, you know, I mean, the thing about those things, as Abraham Lincoln has said, that the the problem with quotes on the internet is that it's very difficult to determine whether the person actually said that or not, or words to that effect. Abraham Lincoln was very forward-thinking. And this uh, fellow puts up this this image, and it's, it's a picture of Albert Einstein. And the quote that he is supposed, that this image is indicating that came from him, is, uh, and I quote, uh, where is it? The more I study science, the more I believe in God. Albert Einstein. Okay, well, first thing you got to think, did he actually say that? Now, I know Einstein has made comments about God, something about uh, God doesn't play dice with the universe or something like that. Um... And I and I've heard people, you know, I was reading about, you know, Ein, did, what God, what kind of God did did Einstein believe in, or did he believe in God? And I read that he was more on the lines of believing in Spinoza's God. Now Spinoza's God was uh, essentially nature, the universe, everything, not a personal God that takes interest in what's going on in people's lives. It's not that God. He doesn't answer prayers. He doesn't make miracles. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, reward you with heaven or punish you with hell. This not that God. Just this. You know, kind of. This the the awesomeness of the universe is God. And and that's that's what they're saying that uh, that Einstein believes in. That that's that was his God. It's, and and you know. Even if Einstein believed in God that answered prayers and that you know punishes people with hell and rewards them with heaven and brings about miracles, even if Einstein did believe in them, so what? It wouldn't diminish his contributions to science at all. It just would make someone like me, an atheist like me, saying, "Well, he was wrong about one thing. At least I think he's wrong about one thing. I don't know that he's wrong about yeah, that somebody who believes in God is wrong. I don't know." But mm, I think you are. <laughs> you know, it's a, I'm an atheist. I don't believe. And but the, but I don't know. It seems like it's, it's meant to, like this is some kind of triumph. Hey, Einstein believed in God. Why don't you? Well, I don't. I don't know. Einstein liked wearing big billowy sweaters. I don't. You know, why don't you? <laughs> so Einstein liked to have crazy hair. Why don't you? I I don't know. Einstein was brilliant. Why aren't you? <laughs> I don't know. It was dropped on my head or something. Um, 
But the thing is, you, you look at that, you say, well, did he even say that? And so I started looking. Is, is there a source for this? I started asking, is there a source for him saying this? Some, a citation, please? And somebody did put some source up there. So it, it, and I followed around, followed where I could, and apparently, the, what I could find anyway, was some guy named, I think, Jim Holt, was writing for uh, the Wall Street Journal, wrote an article in which he talked about you know, Einstein believing in God. Uh, he, and he says, he quotes, uh, uh, you know, the more I study science, the more I believe in God. And he says that Einstein said that. But he doesn't, he doesn't cite his source. As far as I could find, he's the one that's, this Jim Holt, if I, hope, I hope I have the name correct, the guy writing for Wall Street Journal is the one that made up the, the quote. or Because I could not find anywhere else where Einstein said that. Like I said, the, the one where you know God doesn't play dice with the universe or something, I could find where Einstein wrote that in a letter or you know he said it in a speech or something where you could find sources for that, citations for where this quote came from. But the only thing I could find where this quote came from was from this article. Now, the guy's paragraph goes on to say, but, you know, hang on, he didn't quite believe in God as, as Mother Teresa does. He was more of the Spinoza God, you know, the, you know, the laws of physics and, and nature and how, you know, how wonderful and intricate and terrific it is and awe-inspiring it is. That's the kind of God he was advocating, if he was, ab in fact, advocating God at all. So, I don't, I, I said, uh, I put in there, I said, there's, there's no indication that Einstein really did say this. this. This one guy says that he did, but he doesn't, there's no source for it. He might have, I said, this is misleading, and it's not, I mean, I, what's the point? Again, just to say, well, this smart scientist believes in God. He had other smart people <laughs> that were skeptics. Uh, there was one fellow, his name was Martin Gardner. And Martin Gardner was, uh, he was one of the, the founding members of the, the, the modern uh, skeptical movement, such as it is. He wrote a book in 1958, I think it was, called Fads and Fallacies in the Name of Science. And it was all about looking skeptically at all kinds of claims at the time. And a lot of them are still claims that are going on today. It's still the same kind of stuff, still the same bullshit that persists today. Astrology would be one of the things in there. So it's astrology, what, how, why? Why does anybody believe in that? I, I saw some bit where, where um, Carl Sagan was talking on uh, like Charlie Rose's show. He was saying, every, you know, the, however many newspapers there were at the time, they all have a daily, or most of them, have a daily horoscope. But... What number of them have a, a once-a-week science column? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's disturbing. You have this, this stupid astrology nonsense where, anyway, you know, like, like uh, I mentioned Ed at the beginning uh, of, of the show, and he died today. I wonder what his horoscope said today. You're going to die today? No, it didn't say that. How did it relate to what was going to happen to him? What happened to him today? You know, it's like it's just it's just bullshit, and it shouldn't be taking up space. I, I was reading through um, uh, one of the pieces I wrote. I you know I am a narcissist. I admit it. Uh, I reread stuff that I write for my blogs, and uh, I was reading a blog I wrote about uh, Mary Wilson and her song "Telephone Man." Uh, which came out in the 1970s. It's all sexual double entendre kind of stuff. And you go, hey, baby, I'm your telephone man. You know, <laughs> it's it's really great. And I was writing about how the 70s, you know, how the 70s were. It's a decade of tackiness, the hangover of the 60s. It's just everybody looked like crap. You know, everybody had long hair. And it was just, you know, and the astrology. And I mentioned astrology in there. And I said, I have a dream that one day young people will have no idea what old farts mean when they say, what's your sign? They'll look at them like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have a dream. I can dream, can't I? It's, so I, I hope that happens. Um, 
But Martin Gardner believed in God to an extent or something. He believed in a life after death. And he believed in it because it, it gave him some comfort. And he, he told he had a really good friend. Uh, you know, and Martin Gardner was a skeptic and a scientist-type guy. He was a polymath, whatever that means. <laughs> he had lots of different disciplines that he was really good in. And, and, he, you know, and he, he had a really good friend, uh, Amazing Ran uh, James Randi, Amazing Randi, who you probably know. And he's, he's like the granddaddy of all skeptics. And uh, they were good buddies, and they would talk about this. And Gardner said to him, I hope I'm remembering the story properly, that, that he says, you know, atheists have the better arguments. He says, they do. But for some, you know, I just, he says, I'd still, I still believe that there's something after this. And it's, just, and it's probably just because it just gives me some comfort. And Randy said, hey, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not going to bust you over that. There's another skeptic out there. Uh, Hal Bid Bidlack. Uh, Hal Bidlack is a skeptic. He's pro-science, but he believes in God. He was a politician. Uh, he was uh, uh, he was much more active in the skeptical movement uh, some years ago, but the movement got a little bit uh, uh, little went, went a little wrong, and they started getting a little too exclusive. You know, it, it became sometimes it, some elements of it got a little too much like it's an atheist club. Well, no, it doesn't have to be an atheist club. That's the one thing that's really cool about the Minnesota Skeptics group uh, and their meetups and the people who arrange that that put that together. Uh, purposefully make it so that look, we don't want this to be an atheist club. It's not that we're we're skeptics. You can atheists. Most of us probably are, but it's it's not a requirement, and we're not you know we're not going to push toward that. When we sit around and talk about stuff, we we do talk about stuff skeptically, and we might make some jokes about religion and and talk about religion skeptically, but we're not trying to you know, proselytize atheism to somebody who might come into the group and, well, you know, I still, I do believe in God, but no, I don't believe in ghosts or UFOs or grand government conspiracies or one world order and false flag stuff and all that. They might not, but they still have a belief in God. No, that's fine. And I like that. I like that about the group. And I think that's a good thing, a good way to be. So... So I just I, I did say that the guy sharing that you know it's misleading and it's probably not true. Einstein probably didn't say that, and and but then again I think well so what even if God if he did believe in God, um, <clears throat> but then as I was preparing for this, uh, I went through and I saw a uh, there was a video that was done by or a talk done by uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and uh, who's also a skeptic and a scientist, and he's pretty quiet about where he stands as far as atheism and uh, you know he's, he's, he's he kind of I think he's kind of maintains like an agnostic end of it and and ag agnostic just means that you're you just don't know for sure and an atheist doesn't know for sure either they just believe there isn't and so you know some are more strident in believing there isn't to the point where they say they know there isn't but I don't know how you could know that there isn't a god and you know, but some atheists like myself is yeah, I'm fairly agnostic about it. I don't believe there is, and there really isn't. But I don't know. Okay, I don't know. But there's no God. You know, it's it's. I get this kind of jumbly with it. But I don't know. But I don't believe. And but there's no God. Come on. <laughs> uh, anyway, he gives a talk. Oh, he did this. I don't know some years ago, and uh, I'll link to the video in the show notes that you can check it out. And his talk is about uh, scientists of the past, great scientists that you know uh, that, that move the the advance science along, the knowledge along, and advance it. And the point he was making that a lot of these these, these early guys, they would advance in whatever that field that they were working in. You know, he, he um, uh, Tyson is an astronomer. So, you know, a lot of the stuff had to do with astronomy and motion of planets and stuff like that, which would confuse people in the early days. The planets seemed to kind of move goofily, and that's because they thought the Earth was in the center of the solar system, the center of the universe. And then when they figured out, no, the sun is the center, and the, everybody's going around the sun, and once they figured that out, then the movement of the planets made sense. Oh, that's why it looks like it's going goofy, because the Earth is moving around at the same time and, and all that. And he would talk about how 
scientists, including he mentioned Huygens, um, uh, uh, and he mentioned uh, Newton. Isaac Newton is uh, is Tyson's grandest hero in science. He's, he, Tyson says he's the, he's my man. <laughs> I think he said that, and he's also said I don't think he says it. He doesn't say it in that particular. Uh, presentation, but he's he said it in other uh, venues, and um, but he says that he thinks that uh, that Newton is probably the smartest human being to ever walk the planet of the Earth, uh, creating a form of, of of calculus. He said practically on a dare. He's trying to. Somebody was asking him, "Can we figure out how these these things move in space? There, why that is?" And Einstein or uh, uh, Newton realized he needed uh, a different form of math to figure it out, and he came up with it. <laughs> it's just to be able to solve a problem, and that's pretty smart. And but he was—he would say that these guys would—they would write their great scientific books, and they'd have everything fine. And the way Tyson would say they—they—you know—they'd—they'd uh, they'd clean their hands like like yep, you know like that that clapping of your hands like yep got that job done, and no problem. They everything was fine. But then when they would get to the limit of where their knowledge was, where their technology could take them, where uh, whatever their 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 talents could take them as far as their scientific knowledge, when they reached the limit of it, anything that was beyond that, they gave on to God. Then a miracle happens. They did that, and then someone else down the line would pick up the ball from where Newton left it. It said, give it to God. And they say, no, actually, we've learned this since then, and I've got this uh, knowledge here, and we've studied this, and I've come up with this kind of, you know, and now I can move it, I can, you know, the ball further down the field until that scientist reached the limit of his knowledge, and then he gave it up to God. And Tyson brings it to this one scientist back in the Napoleonic era, uh, I guess his name was Laplace or something like that, and um, he wrote this this five volume set about astronomy or I think you know, movement of planets and all this kind, of, where he's just, just just you know explaining all this stuff. And Napoleon, the Napoleon, was a he just loved science and he was very literate scientifically. He would read all this stuff and he read that guy's thing and he asked the guy, he said, "Well, what about God?" And the dude said to him. I had no need for that hypothesis, you know. And Tyson's point was, you know, when when you're willing to get to it, you get to a point and say, huh, "Well, I don't know," you give on to God. Advancement stops. Knowledge stops. You know, the growth of knowledge stops because, well, God did it. Because that's what you, that's it's no longer inquiring. It's just, well, there's there's the answer. So, huh. That's I, I I thought of all that when I saw that God saying or not God <laughs> Einstein saying the more I study science the more I believe in God I don't think he actually said it if you have evidence that he said it let me know Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Came to the end of another show. Well, um, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and I remind you to be skeptical. And that uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, and I'm reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell.